Welcome back to another episode of Diabetics Doing Things. It's the Robin Eritrea Show. We're meeting here at the end of September. Would you say it's been a busy September for Diabetics Doing Things? Wake me up when the September ends, please. <laughs> no, not not Green Day. I love it. I love it. <laughs> We've yes. been doing a lot. We've all been all over the place. We've been doing the things. So, yeah, it's been it's been a busy month. Uh, we did our first out-of-town event, Diabetes Legends Basketball Clinic, which we're going to talk a lot about today, and, and I'm just going to continue to be talking about on social media. By the time this episode airs, I'm also going to know whether or not we have made it to the next round, the final round of the DC Burn Innovation Challenge with the Diabetes Creator Collective. Regardless of whether we make it to that or not, we're going to be doing some things for creators specifically in the next six months. We're already planning our 2024 events. We've had an awesome time starting our event journey this year, and we're going to do that. We're going to continue to grow and expand that in 2024 and beyond. And then part of that is, as well is the pickleball event, the Diabetics Doing Things Pickleball Classic, which will be uh, December 2nd, and it's going to be raising money for our work with North Texas Food Bank. And we just checked in with them again yesterday at time of recording. So we've got a lot of stuff going on. And then in typical Eritrea fashion, you are about to head off to Europe and all parts of Europe, Eastern Europe, Western Europe, the <laughs> whole the whole nine. And you're going to be gone for a month. And I know like some of our episodes where we talk about travel and things are, are always very popular. So I'm excited to dig into that with you today. For sure. Before we get into the AC, I want to unpack Diabetes Legends a little bit because you have been posting about it so, so much online. Guys, I don't think you understand. I have seen a happy Rob Powell many a time. I've seen him smile. I've seen him laugh. This was nonstop white man joy. <laughs> I was just get some bad rap. But on this specific day, I just felt that we were exactly where we needed to be and exactly with the people that we needed to be with. And so I've said congratulations to you offline, but I want to say it on the show. Congratulations to you. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so happy to be on this team with you where we get to sometimes change the lives of children with diabetes in their areas. And Diabetes Legends Camp was incredible. And I cannot wait for 2024. Like, I'm already geared up for it. Shout out Gary Forbes and everyone else who made it possible. Thank you. I, yeah, I, it was the, one of the best days. It was a peak day for me. It, it kind of... A, it kind of reminded me, you know, a little bit of what the event is. I didn't really know going into it what we were doing. You know, I knew it was a basketball camp. I love basketball camp. I knew we were going to have a live podcast and you guys are going to hear the the episode with Gary Forbes. Really cool to hear him talk to those kids that way. But we are not promised good days with diabetes. And especially as, you know, I, I didn't. I was older. I would have been too old when I was diagnosed for this clinic. But, and, you know, I, I've said over and over again that I thought I was too cool and knew everything. So I didn't go to diabetes camp when I was younger. Only as an adult did I realize how important camps are. But camps also are a long time. Like they're usually a week, sometimes more, Sweeney, three weeks. And that's a, that's a large commitment. Even though there are scholarships for most camps, which I want to encourage people to apply for, I think you've done a great job of that. They're often a little bit more expensive. And again, just like logistics wise, getting kids different places can be difficult. So a low cost one day local diabetes event is exciting. 
And we kind of packaged up that camp experience into four hours in a basketball gym. And big shout out to the Basketball Social House in Denver and Matt Barnett, who is my trainer. Even Erica didn't really know who he was to me. But when I was chasing the hoop dreams, living in Colorado, he and I worked together for like an entire year together and some of his other pros. And he got me ready and, you know, got me ready for the next level. And it was cool to more than 10 years later, come back and work together on his newest venture and, you know, get to kind of merge those worlds back together. So, I mean, that really was the impetus for what, what we did there. And then bringing Gary in and man, shout out Gary Forbes. He was my guy before, but after the, just spending the weekend and meeting him in person for the first time, uh, it's honestly weird how alike we are in a lot of ways. And, you know, just finding another like brother with diabetes. And also we like some of the same weird shows and think about things in very similar ways. So it was just cool to just that synchronicity. Like you said, it really did feel like we were in the right place. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to do more of them. And the good news is they, they're great diabetes basketball legends that we can continue to bring in. There is a gym in every town and there are kids with diabetes in every kind of large city that we want to, to take these around. So uh, I think this is going to be a signature event for us. I know it is. And I'm excited to bring it across the country into different places. So if you want a Diabetes Legends basketball clinic in your town, get in touch. You know how to do that. Mailbag. Get into the mailbag. Mailbag um, at diabeticsdoingthings.com. Thank you. <laughs> I do have to thank our sponsors for that too. This there was no evidence that we knew how to do this. There was no, you know, fossil record of us having done these types of events before. There's a lot of moving parts, and they believed in us to do that. And so, shout out to Medtronic Diabetes and to Mankind Corp. and Skin Grip for making that possible. I mean, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have been able to do it without you guys. Like literally, you you obviously like foot the bill for those things. So. But again, like finding the momentum to to make those events happen was was really special. So, yeah, we're gonna do more of them. I am gonna continue to post it. There's there's a couple of moments I want to highlight. I've been calling them the miracles because they just felt like that. They felt magical, kind of in the day. There was magic in the gym. There there was buzzing. The kids started to come there. The first miracle was, you know, I was packing up shirts in the car leaving the hotel early in the morning, going, going to the gym. And I was like, man, I really hope that there are girls at this camp. I really hope that they feel like welcome to do that. I, you know, had never done a registration like this before. So I just had like parents information. I didn't have camper names or, or genders or ages or anything. And like some of the first group that came was like a group of six girls. And so, you know, uh, a third of our campers were women, were, were women hoopers. And that was amazing. So being able to have an accessible, you know, everybody had fun. And so that was miracle number one. Then like miracle number two kind of happened when Gary came to the gym. So we had planned like halfway through the camp for him to show up. And, and that really brought everything up to a level. And kind of in that commotion, they, the kids were doing a drill and he jumped into the drill and was playing with them. And some of the guys were like chasing him around and he like dropped off a pass to one of the girls. And she shot like a three pointer from deep and like it went up in the air and like everybody in the gym was like, oh, and then she hit the shot and the whole gym went nuts. And it was just like this very magical kind of moment where everybody in the crowd on the court was just like jumping around, skipping, having a great time. And then 
the knockout competition came and the guy who, the kid who won it won a shootout with Gary. So uh, Gary was shooting from NBA three. So we like hot pulled him off a plane, like straight into a drill, like no warm up, And then we put him into like a, a shooting competition. And so the camper got hot and beat Gary in the drill. So it was like, a you know, he, not only did he win knockout, but he beat, you know, diabetes legend and NBA, you know, retired NBA player, Gary Forbes in a three point shootout, which was hilarious and so fun. And, uh, you know, again, just this continuing to just to keep the good vibes going. And then I'd say like miracle number four was uh, there was a family that, that brought their kids and they were Eritrean. I was about to say that was my miracle. (laughs) And so, you know, I think I don't have any way of proving this, but, you know, without you being a part of the team, I I don't know if they come. And so that was special. That was very special. And I think just too the, I guess, miracle number five is that like nobody got hurt. Nobody had a major blood sugar issue. We had kids coming in and out to the low blood sugar station. Shout out to the med staff volunteers who, who were there with us and everybody from campers to coaching staff, to volunteers, to staff members had an incredible Saturday uh, around diabetes. And uh, I remember one of my friends, Drew, came to the came to the camp with my one of my best friends, Luke. Drew lives in town and, and Luke was visiting him. And Drew's a doctor and he he's an orthopedic surgeon. And he was like, man, he's like, what is this? You know, he's like, this is so incredible. You know, this is a basketball camp. All these kids have diabetes. And he's like, so, you know, my, he's like my medicinal heart and my basketball heart are together in this of like, you know, Hey, this is really good showing these kids with diabetes that, that, you know, dreams that they have for their life are, are still possible. And so I don't know, it was a really great day. I'm still sort of in weirdly like processing it two weeks later, but man, I, if you know, you're right. If I could spend my days doing anything. It would be Diabetes Legends Basketball Clinic. I also just think it created these amazing memories for these kids. Like I am someone who went to camps from a really young age, but one of my favorite camps that I ever went to had nothing to do with diabetes. It was like a kid's camp for the Dallas Cowboys through here for like low income kids. And I just remember being so like hyped to meet celebrities because when you're a little kid, like when do you get access to that? So the people who came to that camp, especially the African-American people, because that made me so happy to not just see Eritrean people in the crowd. But like there was this little African-American boy who like when Gary walked in the room, his entire face was like, oh, my God, like it's someone who looks like me. And I just think that these are memories that they're, they're you, you can't put a value or a price on this. It just it was an amazing day. And I can't wait for us to create more amazing days like that for kids all over the United States and maybe even internationally. That would be amazing. So, yeah. I'm glad we got to unpack that a bit because that was my favorite thing about September so far. Don't threaten me with a good time taking it internationally. We can <laughs> definitely do that. And like I've already been thinking about it over with my diabetes legend hoopers overseas. We can definitely do that. Don't let me don't let me get a little free time in Europe this fall because <laughs> don't play with it. Don't play with it. Because <laughs> <laughs> things crazy things might happen. But yeah, okay. um, next is the DC burn thing. I wanna don't gloss over that. First of all, guys, Rob has been working so hard on this project. He incredible work amazing pitch i cannot wait for you guys to see all of this give us the lowdown rob tell us tell us tell us well thank you for acknowledging the work because i i'm trying not to it's a tough balance right like i'm putting a lot of effort into it i really care about this i really want to show well and apply myself and see what's possible when i am focused i hold myself accountable and i and i do my best 
And I'm also trying not to hold myself accountable to the outcome or, or hold myself like hold my joy hostage by the outcome. So yesterday was the pitch rehearsal. Tomorrow, the 28th is the actual pitch itself. It's forced me to really refine the idea. It's forced me to refine the pitch. It's forced me to communicate the idea effectively and commit to what it what it is. And also to think about what the impact outside of just business is for, for diabetes creators. So yeah, I'm excited. It's five minutes. I have to distill the whole thing to five minutes. And I've got slides. I've got the, you know, my talking points. I'm going tomorrow, guns blazing. I want, I want to make it. I want to win. I want to bring it to life. The feedback's been amazing. I would encourage anybody listening to if you've got an idea for people with diabetes there's two categories digital diabetes and diabetes devices i've talked i've talked about this before we had greta on the podcast talking about dc burn go through the exercise of putting your idea in writing putting it in a presentation and submitting it to dcb innovation challenge next year i think the the applications open up in like january they close in august it's you know it's a good opportunity for you to challenge yourself to put something out in the world with like basically no like no consequences. You're going to get great feedback and mentorship. Like this is their job, their entire careers are to help these ideas come to life. And just being able to work with some of these different people who I didn't know and talk to people all over the world. First of all, this podcast is pretty well known and people know us and they know your stories. And that's awesome. And, and also, like, there are people out there trying to solve problems for people with diabetes. There's some women in my small cohort yesterday during the pitch training who are working on a stigma platform in India and Colombia. They're like across the world collaborating together on these things. And so if you do feel like you're alone out there, your idea doesn't have merit, I would challenge you that, like, A, you're not alone. There's somebody out there who would help you or be, be on board with it. And, and number two, there's a place for those ideas. And so, you know, the ideas that I saw come through, like none of them were bad ideas. Like they're all awesome. Like, and I think that's probably the hardest part for, for DC Burn is to decide what makes the most sense to, to fund on an annual basis because there are amazing ideas from people with diabetes and for people who care about people with diabetes. And so that's been really interesting for me to, to hear those things. Now, that being said, Two things have come up for me more recently. The headline for Diabetes Creator Collective is that I believe, maybe this person is listening to this podcast, maybe we haven't encountered them yet. I believe that the next great diabetes innovation will come from a creator who currently doesn't have the infrastructure or the support to bring their idea to life, whether that's health insurance or monthly expenses or whatever the case may be. If they don't have that. We're going to try to give that to them. and. If we can do that, if we can create that ecosystem, I think it's really good all the way around. And we've been talking about the good vibes. We've been talking about how cool it is to make people's creative projects or to connect other people with opportunities and blah, blah, blah. But in having to prepare this presentation, I've also had to connect it to outcomes, patient outcomes. And so what's really interesting is when you dig into the publicly available research, PubMeds, when you're talking about diabetes community, when you're talking about diabetes creators, when you're talking about uh, blogs and social media, 
the A1C outcomes improve as you get more involved with friends with diabetes online and start consuming that content. It doesn't matter what content you're you're necessarily consuming, but the more you do it, the more you opt in, your outcomes get better. And we were actually talking before we started recording about A1, you had mentioned your A1C. And it reminded me that when we started working together and you had mentioned it, like the number now is lower than the number then. And my, my numbers now compared to pre-2015 when I started this podcast are, are better. I've seen that. That's not a unique experience. Almost across the board, A1C outcomes improve the more you connect with other people with diabetes, the more you network with them online. And I think, you know, the internet has given us this really great opportunity. And also with diabetics doing things, this is something that I'm that I think in years past I haven't been as proud of. You know, there are people there are brands with more followers than us. There are creators with bigger platforms than we have. But in terms of hashtags that are used by people with diabetes, Diabetics Doing Things is like number three or four in terms of the, the diabetes hashtags. Over 23,000 people have used hashtag Diabetics Doing Things on Instagram. And on TikTok, this week, we're going to pass 100 or a, a 1 million views on the Diabetics Doing Things hashtag. So for me, when I talk about like brand strength, when other people are creating content on your behalf with that like branded message, to me, that's like a really strong indicator that you have uh, you know, awesome brand acceptance and awesome brand strength. So Thank you guys for that. It's been my experience in this community that has led me to this idea. Tomorrow, I'm going to pitch with my whole heart, leave everything I have out on the floor, and let the chips fall where they may. So yeah, you will, you will definitely see before this episode goes live what the results were, because I'm going to not shut up about it one way or the other. But Diabetes Creator Collective coming soon. Inshallah, brother. And if anything, we learned a lot. You learned so much. And it's not like we're, this is going away. It's, the creator collective is happening. Well, we are. No, no. Yeah, exactly. It is. It is cool, though, to get the feedback from mm-hmm. real professionals who are like, yeah, this is a viable idea. This, what if you did this? And, you know, being creative. And I think sometimes as a culture, I think maybe this is mostly in America, but I see it a lot in our and my ad agency employees is you've got to release an idea. It takes courage to release an idea to other people. And it takes even more courage to accept feedback on that idea to where it can become something bigger than what you even thought. And so I would encourage someone, if you have an idea and you haven't asked anybody else for their opinion on it, if you haven't put it out there, do that. It's really uncomfortable, but you get better at it over time. It certainly is a practice skill. That's the whole thing, right? The more you get rejected, the easier rejection gets, right? It doesn't matter. So love this for us. But yeah, so that is the DCB thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so stay tuned on that. Uh, you um, were talking about A1C improvements. And okay, so yeah, I'm just going to shift into myself a little bit. And today I actually, so actually last, last A1C I did, I actually did it a month ago, but I guess I forgot to send the bill to my insurance. Ah, insurance. So my doctor was just like, hey, let's go ahead and do another one today because I went into the doctor today with what I thought was possibly a UTI and they ended up doing the A1C and telling me that it was a 6.8, which is great. And then after we did the A1C testing, they come back in the room and let me know that like the urine sample I gave them, because I did a urine sample as soon as I came in, came back clean, which sounds good, but might not be. I was hoping it was a UTI. I was hoping it was like some kind of easy antibiotic fix. 
but they decided they wanted to do a chronic kidney disease screening. So they sent me down to the lab for panels. At the time of recording, I still don't know what the results of those labs are. Before we started this episode, I talked to Rob about it and I won't lie, I got a little emotional. I think I even like cried all morning before this. So it's just very stressful. I think I am just feeling really like down about myself and my diabetes complications. I am a big believer in normalizing them. That doesn't mean that living with complications is easy. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of what's going on with me health-wise. Not to be a downer, because I'm not trying to be, but it's just like real life and what is happening with me. It also just feels like we do these episodes and we get to show both sides of the spectrum sometimes. It feels like I, and I shouldn't do this, but I like I live in comparing myself sometimes to you, Rob. And it makes it really like a little bit harder to like process what's happening, if that makes sense. I don't know. I, w- I would... I want to agree with you because I think we do, we have been very radically transparent about what goes on with both of us, like how we feel and good times and bad times. So I don't think that it's like, like that saying the bad things that are happening is like Debbie Downer or, you know, I think that is just part of the value exchange and like the commitment that we have to community of like, not just sharing highs, uh, but also, you know, low moments. I've also been struggling, not struggling, but I've been thinking a lot about with re- with relationship to diabetes legends, how difficult it was. Like it looked super great and it looked like super awesome and everything went, everything went amazing. But the months of lead up time to it were extremely stressful. Even like the f- previous few weeks right before, like we lost a sponsor. We, you know, prices were higher than we had thought on certain things. And I'm like funding this myself and so, you know, and then, you know, some of our partners had organizational changes and lost their jobs. And so it's like, well, what does that mean for our partnership? So there was a lot of uncertainty, a lot of doubt, a lot of moving parts, a lot of times where we should have probably the smart move, quote unquote, smart move would have been to not do it, but we did it anyway. And, and the result we got, you could, you know, I think like people fall in love, like whatever the Pinterest quote is, it's like, People want the results, but they don't want the process. And the process is uncomfortable and the process is difficult and the process will make you doubt. But without that, you don't get to the result. So you've got to do both. So I think, you know, you do a nice job of sharing you living your best life and you also do a nice job of showing the in-betweens. So, you know, I think, you know, don't beat yourself up. That was what I was really trying to share with you earlier is like, you know, you are, you know, comparison is the thief of joy, but, you know, compare yourself to yourself. And I think that's what I was trying to get at with your A1C outcomes. It's like, you know, you've come a long way. Yeah. Something you said, Phil called, like you've had diabetes for a long time. And I think that it's like sometimes in my head, 22 years doesn't feel like a long time. Uh, But yesterday, I was having a conversation with my my best friend who we were diagnosed at the same time. And uh, this girl had posted on Instagram, this is like about the comparison of the Thief of Joy thing. This girl had posted on Instagram about how like today was her diversity and she officially was living longer with diabetes than without. And I think it, like, I think she's like 35. So doing the math, that's like you were diagnosed like maybe in like your 20s or whatever. And my mind was like, I was so angry with her. I was just like, and I'm sorry, parents, you're listening to this in the car, but I was like, fuck you, lady. Like, yeah, you get to celebrate your diversity, but like, 
I hit that mark when I was 20. Like when I was 20 years old, I'd lived longer with diabetes and without. And so I think I'm just going through this weird grief and anger process today. And hopefully by the end of the day, like when I'm done catastrophizing these potential lab results, it'll all be fine and I will have a path forward one way or the other. Um, but I think so much of living with a chronic illness is the, like the knowledge that one doctor's appointment can radically change your entire life. And that is so terrifying all the time. It's also just like dealing with your mentality on a daily basis. So it's like, oh, of course this is happening to me, you know? So it's just heavy it, stuff. It is, it is heavy stuff, but I also like if ignorance is bliss, right? If you don't go to the doctor, right. then how are you supposed to know? Right. And I'm glad I went. I've been putting this, guys, I've been putting off this appointment for like two or three weeks, maybe longer. Like I made the appointment two weeks ago and ever since I made it, I rescheduled it every single day until today because today was like the last day I could go. But hopefully by next Robin and Trader show, I'll have some answers for you guys and I'll have some answers for me. And I will more than likely, because this is who I am as a person, will be optimistic and everything will be okay because everything is okay. That's usually how things turn out, even when they don't feel super okay. So... Um, it's okay not to be okay, not to be it, pulling the Pinterest quotes out of my back pocket. It's not even not pulling the Pinterest quote. Meg Thee Stallion posted something about that yesterday. She promoted her rental health uh, program. And it's like, it was actually very interesting because like the tagline was like, black don't crack, but sometimes it does. Like, it's just like this thought process that people of color, like we have to be tough as nails. We have to be hard as nails. Like we don't have these problems, but it's like, yes, we do. We're just like everybody else. So yeah, I don't think it's a Pinterest quote. I think it's very real. And uh, yeah, everything will be okay, even if it's not okay. It's like, yeah, if Megan Thee Stallion is suffering from her mental health, bro, what <laughs> business do we have to not be suffering, you know? Period. Um, so speaking of, you know, your typical Eritrea stuff, it's the fall. The European diabetes events are starting and EASD. I'm so like, I'm not jealous, but I am a little bummed that I'm not going this year because I had so much fun last year. I don't know. My heart is in Europe. I love Europe and I love the gray fall to <laughs> somehow i don't know why i'm just i'm weird but you know i was looking at all the announcements of the people that i know that are going to be there and it's going to be exciting but i think what our listeners really like to hear from you is that you're back on your travel game you're about to pack all your diabetes supplies and all of your life up into a suitcase and you're going to go to europe for a month and then you're going to come back and be in new york for a week so you're going to be away from home for a long time and inquiring minds want to know like how are you preparing for that because you leave this friday i think right sunday sunday sunday, sunday. Yeah. yeah so you leave sunday and you know you're working remotely like for, uh, fortunately like you know your job is pretty flexible and you guys also have global team members so it's it's a little bit different there and you're going for work but like what are you looking forward to how and the, the question I think that I want to know, because I know how much you've grown personally over the past year, two years, really working a diatribe now almost. How are you packing differently or how are you preparing differently this time than in previous years? And I will go ahead and spoil one of them. The first the first way you're doing is that you have a return flight, <laughs> which in the past you kind of left open ended. So how, how are you preparing differently? And then what does that look like for you from like a diabetes, but also just the general packing perspective? So we'll just start from the top down. Yes, I do have a return flight. It is Rob Howe's fault that I have a return flight. He, you asked me what my itinerary was so we could figure out like recording times. And then I had to sit down one day and be like, okay, 
to make this itinerary, which then required me to literally book everything because like now there's no wiggle room. So I am returning to the United States on October 27th. This is a really long travel plan for me. Typically, the way things go is I'll just go from conference to conference. And then when I'm already in Europe, I usually hit Africa as well, just because I like to see my family before I come all the way back. I think this is an immigrant thing, but it's like if you already get on a plane for 13 hours, the best thing to do is just find other stuff to do there unless you have stuff to take care of at home. Um, so for me, this this travel plan goes from Hamburg. So I fly from Dallas to Hamburg on Sunday. I'm in Hamburg for EASD for an entire week until the 7th. And then on the 7th, I take a train to Dusseldorf, which is close to where my family lives. So I take a train to Dusseldorf, which then takes me to Munster. I'll be in Munster for about like six days before I take a flight to Athens, Greece, because that's where I'm going for my like own personal sabbatical to like help me create content and be a better human being. I'm in Greece, I think, for about six to seven days. And then I fly from there to Cairo. I'm in Cairo for 10 days, I believe, the 17th until the 27th. And then on the 27th, I honored to announce that I'm flying to New York City to open up NASDAQ with Invecta. So thank you and shout out to Invecta and their team, Sarah and CJ, for having me open up the market that day with them. I'm very excited to just be honored to be asked to do that again. Um, and then I'll be in New York City until the 31st. And I quite literally fly home on the 1st. So it's October 1st to October 1st. As far as what I'm doing differently, like as far as packing goes, I it's Wednesday. I leave Sunday. I still haven't packed anything. I did block off four hours of my calendar for Thursday afternoon to pack all of my stuff up. If you've watched any of my other travel videos, I'm going to make another one this year because last year's resolution just wasn't great. So I want to make another one. I pack my diabetes supplies in like different travel bags. So I have one bag that stays with me that has enough supplies to keep me okay for like two weeks. And then I have another travel bag inside my checked or carry on whatever, like the, the big luggage bag that has more supplies and emergency supplies. So in my backpack, I have pump sites. I have insulin. I have Gvoke. Shout out Zares. Gvoke. Keep that thing on me at all times. I have glucose tabs, you know, I just have the regular. And then in my actual carry-on, I have like a bunch of Dexcoms. I have a million pump sites. I have Lancets, believe it or not. I have a glucose meter. I usually carry a bag, like a, a Lantus pen, just in case in both of my bags. There's also like emergency glucagon in there as well. And just like a million fruit snacks because, haha, you can bring fruit snacks into the airport. They will not take your bag for that. So that's usually how I prep diabetes supplies-wise. Um... I also, like Lauren Cox, just kind of create a huge pile and throw shit into that direction until it's time to pack it all up. Uh, what else? Something I am doing differently this year is I am starting to take my pump off before I go through airport security. So I'll like unclip my pump and I'll just let it go through the x-ray machine with my phone. I am not a tandem paid sponsor. I am not a tandem ambassador. I am not a doctor. I am not telling you to do this. Disclaimer. But that's what I do. And it works for me. And the TSA people do look at me weird and they're like, you shouldn't do that. And I'm like, I'm this is what I'm doing to make my life easier. Because getting those pat downs is really frustrating and time consuming, especially if there's three other people in line. So that's what something that I've changed about my routine. What else? I think that's so it. I feel like people also really, really care or feel passionately about like airport security and pumps. I think you did a nice disclaimer. 
there are a lot, like every pump has exactly what you're supposed to do if you want to follow the letter of the law to do those. So that is up to you. And again, this is not medical advice. I think for me too, like I, it, you know, Mr. Living Out Loud with Diabetes, I had to, I didn't have my TSA pre, um, on my last trip for some reason, I need to figure that out for my next trip, but the i think that's just like a side note a side side note i'm robert the fourth so anytime there's like a weird like pass number three on the on the suffix of your name you're gonna have problems so just to let you know like if you're thinking about naming your kid the fourth like after a third there's just different things there but because i know this if i have a son and we name him after me he'll be the fifth and he's gonna have the most difficult time so i'm just gonna pass that along to him anyway I didn't, I had to go through the metal detector or the, the body scanner and it picks up the pump and then you have to put it in your hand and they have to swap your hand and it's annoying and it feels like very othering, I think. And so I totally respect and I didn't, you know, I, you can do whatever you want, whatever That's makes you feel That's not even that bad though. That's totally fine with me. My issue is that because my name is Eritrea Edith Ahmed Musa, sorry to put my whole government out here. These people pull me this. I want to do a full body pat down every time. And I'm just like, dog, I literally am the worst planned person on the planet. So I have 10 minutes to board my flight. So I don't got time for this fool. Like, we're going to have to fight because you want to do this. This is why I'm not throwing my stuff just into the x-ray machine. But because usually I would just do what you did. But one time they pulled me aside. And ever since then, they do it every time. And last time they were like, oh, it's because you have gunshot residue on your hands. Girl, where do I live? What are you talking about? Gunshot? Who? Like, so it's just a frustrating experience for me. So I just throw it in there for American PSA, TSA. But um, other countries won't let me do that. So especially Egypt. In Egypt, it's always a disaster because these people are just terrified of the pump. They're like, it's a bomb. So I, I don't know. But yeah, that's my airport security spiel. That's usually how I do it. And as far as low snacks, like something somebody asked me the other day, they were like, how do you get low snacks on the plane? Girl, gummy bears are not illegal. Take them with you. It's okay. And if you're uncomfortable about going through TSA with them, you can buy them for three times the price within the airport, but you can absolutely get yourself low snacks. Oh, and my friend yesterday asked me, she was like, hey, when you're in the plane, like when you're on the plane, do you disconnect your pump? Because there was like some article going around that says that like your blood sugar go low if you're sitting on a plane for a long period of time. I'm not going to tell you guys what to do. Again, I'm not a doctor, but personally, Eritrea, I who board 14-hour flights all the time, this is not an issue for me. If I need to suspend insulin, I will suspend insulin. I do not recommend you disconnecting your pump from your body just because you're on a plane, but please carry low snacks. And I would say, per Keisha's advice in our airline episode, tell the stewardess that you have diabetes, let someone know so you can have a support network on the plane. So that would be my other piece of advice that I am also following because like these last couple of flights I've taken, I've told the stewardess like, Hey, by the way, I have diabetes just in case. So yeah, I think that's a, I think that's right. Um, you, you mentioned a couple of things. Yeah. You can take gummy bears through TSA. It's just liquids. And also it's like peanut butter technically qualifies as a liquid and like, you know, those things. Cause it's, it's, it's weird. Candles can be like liquid, you know, so it, there's, there's a lot oh, of bath weird... salts. One time yeah. they pulled me over for Himalayan bath salts and I'm just like, ma'am, this is, are these drugs? <laughs> it's like, I have to get for my friends. So yeah, there are weird things. Like we tried to bring back some like ice cream one time and they took it and they confiscated it on a, on a work trip. Cause we were trying to bring ice cream flavors back that we didn't have from one of our clients. Anyway, it's kind of complicated. 
Gummy bears and dry low snacks are usually good. And I'm just here to tell you, if you're traveling, you want to go live beyond, you want to go live your best life with diabetes, do not go anywhere without low snacks. It's an easy thing to do. It's an easy thing to forget as well. But if you want to make sure you're okay, there are those very rare chances that insulin, when the plane depressurizes, could be secreted into your body if you wear an insulin pump. Those are very well documented. Please refer to your user guides for more information. But if you're prepared, those things can be overcome. Uh, and if you're mindful, so uh, whether you wear a sensor or you need to check your sugars, check, treat, go, go for it. Go live your life, but be prepared. And on long trips, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. So just make sure that you're prepared in the case that anything goes wrong. You're, and in the, while we're talking about being prepared, I'm going to switch gears and talk about my preparation for November and Diabetes Awareness Month. I'm so excited about you guys. Okay, so our last Rob and Eritrea show episode, we talked about women's health because I was going through some, man, I think it's when we were recording these episodes, I'd be going through something to Rob. I'd quit. I'm going to quit. Anyways, <laughs> I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this, Grandpa. That's too bad. Anyways. Yeah, so in November, I wanted to host a women's health series where we discuss the impact of menstruation on blood sugars, pregnancy with diabetes, aftercare of pregnancy with diabetes. And there's another topic I'm still kind of like solidifying, so I don't want to say it yet. But four episodes where we focus on women's health and women's health only, because I feel like a lot of times when we talk about diabetes, the information is generalized, but we know or what we've learned now since 2020 in 2023 is that a lot of these clinical trials and information that's coming out is based a large time on men because those are the subjects that are being studied the most. Um, women have less time. Women are more limited. That's just the case. And also, we just have less representation in the endocrinology field from women. There's less women in the field. With that being said, there's a lack of information for women living with diabetes, type 1, type 2, Modi, etc., so we thought this is a need. Where can diabetics doing things maybe fill it in? And so we're calling on some of the experts, key opinion leaders of the diabetes world to join us on the podcast while we produce these episodes. If you are a provider who is listening to this and you'd like to be a part of the series, please reach out to us. You can email us directly or at mailbags at diabeticsdoingthings.com. But we'd love to hear from you guys. And I am still in the midst of putting this series together, but I'm really, really excited. I think this is a... I, I produce a lot of the episodes, but this is like my second big series production. My first one was with a diabetic. So I am just really excited to do this and really spotlight a group of people that I am a part of, which is women. Go women. <laughs> Go women. We had, we posted yesterday on Instagram, like the girls from the camp. I think for me, like I, my experience is my experience with diabetes, right? No doctor told me that it was different for women because why would they tell me that? Because I, I identify as a man. I am a man. Uh, so it was, it wasn't until I got into the community where I learned like how difficult managing diabetes can be just with regular women's stuff. Forget about pregnancy, forget about the one-offs, just month to month hormone changes and different hormone cycles can send your blood sugars completely crazy. So yeah, I'm really excited to dig into it. I'm excited to learn. And I think, you know, what we're trying to do is to represent as many people with diabetes as we can. So, you know, I think that starts really simply with, with women. So really excited to dig in with those researchers and amazing leaders from across the world. So yeah, looking forward to it. 
you're on mute. That is a party foul in 2023, being on mute. Also, I'm too young for that, ladies and gents. That was a boomer move. <laughs> but so, so excited for our series. And then I feel like we moved so fast, but we definitely cannot leave out the last thing that I'm so excited for for 2023. But our pickleball event happening in Dallas, Texas on December 2nd. It's lit. It is so it's, lit. It's lit. As soon as I get done this week with my diabetes center burn innovation challenge pitch like that'll be done for for you know right now anyway and i'm shifting completely into pickleball promo mode because we're locked in at the venue we got food is it gourmet food for the for the event it's going to be insane uh, december 2nd two to five grand prairie texas if you know somebody tell a friend to tell a friend grab a partner we've got paddles and balls for you to rent we've got sponsors starting to pick up and come in I want to see your face there. I am going to be in the competitive bracket. I'm buying a team myself. That's how committed I am to this event. I'm going to be there decked out. Come in your outfits. Get your team together. We are going to have ourselves some fun. And if your company, if you, you work at a company that wants to sponsor events, get your company to get a team in there. Tell your boss to represent. Let's make this thing happen. Diabeticsdoingthings.com slash events. That's our Eventbrite page for the registration. If you can't come and you want to support, you don't know how, there's a donation option. You can do a donation team. We will read all the donation teams the day of the event. I am doing this for one reason, because we asked too many questions in 2022 of how we could help people with diabetes in North Texas. That led us to North Texas Food Bank. North Texas Food Bank has generously like accepted us into their workflow and now we need resources to allow us to impact those people with diabetes who've gone through our system already and need more help we had a conversation with them yesterday we're starting how to help your neighbor with diabetes series which is a training series for their partner pantries and we're starting a, a series called getting started with diabetes uh, for the actual neighbors to learn about diabetes technology, to get integrated with the diabetes community, to start to feel those better outcomes by learning about diabetes and meeting people with diabetes. Uh, so this event, all the proceeds are going to go to support that work. We need to do that. We're gonna, This is the first year of the inaugural Pickleball Classic. We're going to do 10 years of them, and we're going to raise a million dollars over 10 years. That's the goal that I put out there. Uh, if we don't hit that, hopefully we come up a little bit short, and that'll still be great. We'll still be able to do great work with that. So this is our first time asking for the support of our friends who don't have diabetes. Go send an able-bodied person to get slaughtered in the pickleball gauntlet by a bunch of chronically ill people. That's what I want. That's the energy I want to bring. So Diabetics Doing Things Pickleball Classic, December 2nd, 2023. We're ending Diabetes Awareness Month with a bang. So let's, let's have a really great time. We're going to dink those pickleballs all over the place. I'm very excited to see you at Chicken and Pickle December 2nd. <laughs> I would also like to add that if you are like me and have never played pickleball in your entire life, please come and join the, the fun division with me. I'll be in there pretending to hit balls and trying my best. So even if you suck, this is going to be a really fun event. Like it, it's not about winning to me. It's about meeting more people with diabetes. Not all of us are Rob Howes. <laughs> so it's like, I don't want to kill you on the court. I just want to meet you and be friends and maybe eat some fried pickles together. So it's also a good event for that. If you're someone who's like, oh, pickleball is not my thing. I'm kind of scared. I am not going to practice. Like, I'm just going to show up that day and be like, I'm going to be as good as I am because I'm here to have fun and I'm here to enjoy this. I, wanna, I, want you, I want you to do me a favor. 
Okay, what? When you're in Europe, I want you to ask people if they know where to play pickleball, just like on the <laughs> event floor, just to see what they look at, to see if they look at you weird. Because I don't know if pickleball is like that global. I know it's very maybe U.S., maybe Australia a little bit, but I want to know what people in Europe, how they respond to you asking them. Pickleball about roll call. Okay, here you go. Here's your TikTok, your pickleball roll call, diabetics doing things content. It's like, I can't hello. Wait. Hello, Tade Badalino. Have you ever played pickleball before? Yeah, I'm very excited for everything to come, guys. Uh, yeah. Big time. We've got uh, almost all of our episodes planned for the end of the year. we got big things coming in 2024. So safe travels. Have a great trip. And keep it locked. Diabetics doing things. This episode was produced by Eritrea Musa. It is uploaded and edited by Ashley Bright. And shout out to Excel Creative, DJ and Corey, who are doing the social media videos for us. We will see you next time. Bye.